Hello, everyone. I am Lily May, and welcome to another episode of the Glambitious Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, please head over to theglamceo.com to check out some of the exciting events we have coming up in Charlotte, North Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta. We've also launched a new visibility membership. So if you're looking for more opportunities to speak and be seen and be heard, definitely head over to theglamceo.com. So today's guest is Dr. Allison. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you know who you are and the work that you do. Well, hello, hello, world. Um, thank you so much, Gumbitious, for having me. My name is Dr. Shadaria Allison. I am an 11-time international best-selling author, a publisher, a speaker, and CEO and founder of Married to the Mission, which is a lady advocacy group that is in hopes to uh, do a little bit of reform in your local community. So those are my specialties, and that's what I live to do, help people. Wonderful. And tell us what inspired you to launch Married to the Mission. Uh, great question. I am a divorcee, proud of eight years. Um, and the funny thing about it is all glory to God. I was going through something and I said, you know what? I'm not going to marry anymore. If I'm going to be married to anything, I was talking to my friend. I said, I'm going to marry the mission. And mission is basically the great commission of Yeshua, or Jesus Christ, who told us that we need to go out into the world and be uh, hands and feet in our local communities, helping people, um, educating, resourcing, and um, eventually uh, reforming what today's church looks like so that we can meet those needs in a greater access. Absolutely. And what are, I guess, some of the challenges that you've noticed within the American church infrastructure? Yeah. So, you know, what it is, is, and, and, you know, we don't, we don't, just the building because Christ died for the church. And we know that there's a difference between the church and the building, the church, the ecclesia or the called out ones are the people. And so I think that um, my, I come from a generation of uh, preachers and my great grandparents were apostles. I think that the, the, the faultiness in the way that the structure is, is that the church has, um, especially in our community and the African-American community or the black community, we posed ourselves as a place where, you know, we either have to be perfect or perform or become a place where we set up rules. It's like we, we misrepresented, in my opinion, what Christ came to do in the gospel. And we have totally um, turned it into some kind of masquerade of sorts. And I think that, especially in this generation, it's becoming ineffective because there's so much and so many churches who have great speakers and prolific motivators, but they're not doing enough as it pertains to becoming the hands and feet um, that the church is, is destined, in my in my greater opinion, to be. So I think that the infrastructure has been, um, uh, it's outdated, just to be frank. I mean, we know in the word of God, he said, states that eventually they're, they're, it's all going to crumble. But if it should stand today, I believe that it needs to put its hands and its feet as a permanence for it to be actually open. Because outside of that, technology is moving at the speed of light and COVID showed us that we can get word anywhere. But if you're going to be in existence and like I said, to, to an extent, I feel like the church itself is, has mass importance. I mean, I, I found God there to an extent. But if we're going to do it, we need to be effective. And that has to do with um, pushing philanthropy by getting busy 
um, in helping the community with the basic needs, homelessness, mental illness, drug addiction. Um, we can end that. Church owns, if you go into communities and me doing research, churches own mass amounts of real estate, in, especially in impoverished communities. Um, but the community is still impoverished and the church doors close at two o'clock. We used to have Walmart that was 24 hours. I feel like the church needs to perpetuate that type of style. And that's what I do. I write books that advocate for faith-based uh, communities, mental health professionals or healthcare professionals and governmental bodies to consider making that a mandate. So my goal is to actually get that in legislation. Yes, I definitely think, you know, there needs to be a natural evolution that happens to meet the current needs. Um, like, for example, uh, one of the churches that my sister attends, they recently did something where they helped the members put together their wills, their trust and things mm -hmm. like that. And I was like, man, that is so powerful. They gave them access to free legal representation to actually get that type of thing done. And I was thinking, man, that is what a, progress a progressive church is about and is is doing is like literally like you said like doing tangible things to help the community and not just speaking god's word but really like you said being the hands and the feet and doing tangible things to change the trajectory of particularly the black community that's the community i'm in so you know that's where my passions typically lie because of the deficits we have innately we need a lot of catching up and so i agree with you um and i i see a lot of churches embracing that evolution to say wait a minute we can't just preach the word and go home but we have right. to create programs we have to you know find ways to give people the the help and assistance they need whether it's you know, like you said uh helping the homeless population helping people with their finances um whatever the needs of the local community are so i definitely um agree with you on that evolution that is necessary and you mentioned the books that you write so tell us a little bit more about your book projects and anything that you have coming up yes ma'am so um i uh at first i didn't have a clear vision but i just knew that i wanted to help uh each state come up with resource and rehab and rec centers around the the uh, nation of America and then global. So I write books and I've written 23, but Married to the Mission is what I really want to focus on. Those books, um, I've written two so far, Married to the Mission, Birmingham, a city destined for reformed, because I used to live in Birmingham. Of course, that's like the hub of the civil rights movement. Um, and I've also written uh, Married to the Mission, New York City, the Bride of America at the Final Trump. And if you haven't seen, there's a houseless crisis like nobody's business in New York City. You know, me being from there as well, having family in North Carolina. So eventually I'll get around to every state. Um, and so what I do is I, I, I talk about what is holding that city bound and how we can reform it through the uh, vessel of the communal church. And so um, it's quite it's quite interesting. I actually am doing an anthology project right now called Married to the Mission, Herarchy, God, Girls, and the American Church, where I have gathered, currently we're at 21 authors right now, but um, it's an anthology project where women are gonna come to the table and talk about not only what is wrong with uh, the American church, because we're not here to beat up on church. Like you said, there are some cultures that are embracing its evolution, but it's still a 501c3 organization. And that puts us in kind of a bit of a, a, um, a chokehold with how much we can do. So it got to get political at some point. We say separation church or state, but we can't really, because there are certain things that you have to involve. So um, we address those topics and it is my great intention 
to kind of have um, that conversation, to be an initiator. And I know it can be quite dangerous to, to talk about those things, but these women are ready and prepared and I'm still scouting women to, to uh, be voices because it starts with us. Like I've said, and I'll say it forever, I love me some Coretta Scott King. She said, women, if the soul of this nation is to be saved, I believe that we must become a soul. And I feel like it starts with our churches. It starts there. If we if we could create church and create this wing, and it's my idea uh, for the church to have a wing that has a habitual place for people to stay to get resources met, certain resources, mind, mental illness, drug addiction, and homelessness met so that they can have, that, that ends poverty right there. Because we can have, people do a lot with information or either they don't at all. But if you give it an option and have it running like a program, like you said, then people now have the, the government has a place that helps them um, get rid of the homeless community being on the street. We've heard of Skid Row in L.A. I mean, look at that. Um, and then mental health people have uh, people who are suffering from mental illness. They have a place where they can get rehabilitated spiritually and um, through uh, medicine. And then people who are dealing with addiction have a place where they can rehab and again, get what they need spiritually and physically. So Jesus said it's like a hospital. He didn't come for the well, he came for the sick. And so though the innovation is coming through my brain, these women are judging, I mean, these women are coming through with their chapters and they are weighing in on what we were not invited to in 1767 when there was, excuse me, white men in wigs and not inviting us women to the table at all and how to run a, a country in 2024 with those type of principles. So it's a brave topic. It's scary, but it's it's worth it. And I'm, I'm about it and I'm married to it. And that's why it is what it is. And I hope to, to hope to find more authors that are interested in women that want to stand up in that same place. Absolutely. And so I know, you know, oftentimes we'll notice things that need to be improved in the community but we really don't know where to start with it, right? So what would be your advice to the woman who does have a passion, you know, in some of those areas, but she just doesn't know, you know, where to start or how to make any level of impact? Absolutely, great question. I'd say this, most people don't know where to start because, you know, you look at even the, the, the vision I have, it seems gaudy. But what I used to do is like, instead of going to church on Sundays, sometimes I would go downtown and feed the homeless and do those little acts, talk to them, have conversation. I think that once you have dialogue with the people that are in need, then you're better able to assist them and also assess yourself. If your natural talents, your natural acumen is in you, It'll say, hey, I may not know exactly how I'm going to have a million dollars. I've got open money to go make this happen today. But I do have a big following on social media. Maybe I can get on there and start talking. You never know. So, you know, I think it is important for people to de depend on themselves intrinsically and develop a relationship with the most high. Ask him, God, what do you want me to do? How would you like? So it starts with. Number one, talking to the people that you want to help. If philanthropy is what you feel called to help people by asking them what they need or what has caused them to get where they are. Assess it, become a student to everything that you wanna do. I had to study statistics. I had, I was homeless, I've been there before. So sometimes we wanna help people because we've been there. Use your own life as the best assessor. And then ask yourself, how can I do this? Or try to acquire a team, try to be creative. Creative solutions, especially in this generation are essential because now there's so many ways to skin a cat. So you want to actually have something that is different. Don't be afraid to be different. So trust yourself. Look within practical things, resources, things that you need 
the internet is such a great wealth of knowledge and then find like-minded individuals it's been a hard thing because like i said being a woman you know how we can be sometimes we can be the best things in sliced bread other times we can be divisive and petty find you some mature people women or men if you're a man and get busy because this the gift that we misuse the most and think it's nothing is time it's like yesterday i was 32 and in two years i'll be 40 and that happened very quickly especially after COVID. Time just went through. So use what you have within. Look around you. It's right in your face. And look within and talk to God and put your put your hand to the plow. Write it down. These are just simple steps. You think about, like I said, the civil rights movement. That was just done because people were fed up. And you imagine what you do when you get fed up and when your heart starts beating for something. Pay attention to what your heart beats for and you'll start finding the answers. I truly believe that. Absolutely. You definitely have to start where you are with what you have. And we all have, you know, access to God. We all have access to the internet and social media. And those are great places to get started. Like you said, just taking action, some step forward. And usually when you start taking steps forward, then there becomes like a natural momentum and other opportunities appear. So I definitely think that was great advice. Let everyone know how they can connect with you and learn more about your book project. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for having me. Again, my name is Dr. Shadaria Allison. You can hit me up at my website. It's drallison911.com, just like it sounds, common spelling. Or you can hit me up on social media. On TikTok, it's Ideas for the Stars. On Instagram, it is Married to the Mission, M-A-R-R-I-E-D, the number two, the mission. And then on Facebook, it is Shadaria Allison. And then we have our own Married to the Mission Facebook page as well. And at any point, please, please, please reach out to me via email. If you go to my website, drallison911.com, it gives you the, um, the ability to go ahead and contact me. And if you go to any of my social media sites in my bio, I have the links to the project. Should you decide that what I'm doing sounds like the beat of your heart, you have the opportunity to participate that way as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I just applaud you for being married to the mission because I know there's so many challenges that we all face just from day to day. So being married to the mission is a huge undertaking. I applaud you for that. Um, listeners, you can also meet Dr. Allison in Charlotte at the Glambitious Shades of Pink brunch. <laughs> she will be there live and in living color. We do have a few tickets left if you want to head over to brunchincharlotte.eventbrunch.com. Right.com. As of this recording, I think we have five tickets left. So definitely grab your tickets, join myself, Dr. Allison, and some other amazing business influencers as we celebrate Women's History Month. And again, if this is your first time tuning in, head over to theglamceo.com to check out the many opportunities we have for women entrepreneurs. So again, everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Glambitious Podcast.